Roundtable at leoroundtable.com. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host. We're a group of law enforcement professionals that talk about law enforcement issues, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. I'm going to introduce our panel to you guys. If you don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show, uh, we have attorney and former federal prosecutor, Ward Mythaler. And we also have, I believe, all retired this evening, Chief John Newman, Major Ronald McDonald. McMullen, Captain Brett Bartlett, uh, Corporal David D. Gresta. We have producer Will Statzer. So thanks, guys, for uh, being on the show. Appreciate it. And also want to give a shout out to our sponsors. Uh, we are nationally syndicated on the radio through the Boss Hog Radio Network, Good Talk Radio, WBCF in Alabama. We're on a live free TV. We're powered by PECSEP. And tonight we have Extra Duty Solutions, Column Case Management, GunLearn.com, Verding Weapon Technologies, and Guarding Alliance Technologies. So thanks, guys, uh, for your support. We've got a, a pretty good lineup for you all this evening. And uh, sorry, Tyra uh, is unable to make the show this evening, had a uh, had an emergency with a family member. Uh, so think about them. And uh, let's go in and get this uh, ball rolling. Now, we're going to start off with a, a main topic. It's on Police One. Um, and we're going to do a little plug, a shameless plug for ourselves as well. It's the 10 best podcasts for police. Now, we're listed as number two, but there's really – no specific order for these. So the first one is uh, Policing Matters. And actually, uh, we've got a, uh, a guy in there. It's actually kind of put on by the Police One uh, personnel. So it's got uh, Jim Dudley in there and some other guys. So uh, but so they're listed at number one. Leo Roundtable is number two. We've got Firearms Nation Podcast, uh, The Squad Room, The Corner Talk, I'm sure, Brett, the corner talk. I'll bet that's a fun show to watch. Uh, this is, yeah, yeah. Dealing with corners in law enforcement, if you guys are not in law enforcement, they're, they're definitely a peculiar bunch. Um, number six, we've got the uh, Leo Family Fitness Podcast. Uh, Criminal Justice Evolution is number seven. Then you've got um, hashtag It's Needed. You've got Straight Talk on Leadership. And then lastly, Jensen Holes, The Murder Squad. Might be another interesting one. So, I don't know if anyone on the show, any of our panelists have watched any of those or not. Um, I've listened to the uh, podcast on uh, Police One, Policing, uh, Police Matters. But uh, if there's, uh, yep, John Chief Newman, go ahead. If you're not first, you're last. Just saying. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks a lot. All right, guys. Well, look, moving along then. That's, that was our, our first main topic here. Let's go to an update. PoliceOne.com, judge rejects third-degree murder charge in the Floyd case. We kind of saw this coming. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago, I think. So in Minneapolis, the judges rejected prosecutors' request to file a third-degree murder charge against four, uh, not just our main guy, uh, Derek Chauvin, but we've got four Minneapolis police officers that were charged in the George Floyd death. So Attorney General Keith Ellison's office filed a motion uh, last week based on the Minnesota Court of Appeals. And they had a ruling earlier in the week that upheld a third-degree murder conviction against former Minneapolis police officer Mohammed Noor. And I, you guys remember him with the uh, Justine uh, Damon. Uh, it was a 2017 fatal shooting. And, of course, this uh, Mohammed Noor, uh, he was a, I guess, started off, um, he came from another country. Uh, there were there were um, rumors that maybe they had lowered standards to get him in. And I, I can't remember where he was from, one of you guys might remember. Uh, but, you know, he was the passenger shot across the vehicle, passed his, passed his driver partner through the open window and killed her when they were in a dark alley. So um, prosecutors were trying to reinstate uh, the count in the case against Derek Chauvin, um, and, of course, Derek Chauvin, he's the cop that was on uh, George Floyd's neck for 
nine minutes plus. And they also wanted to add on an aiding and abetting third degree murder count for the first time against uh, Jay Alexander Kung, uh, Thomas Lane, uh, To Thao, and uh, those are the other officers. So Hennepin County District Judge Peter Cahill denied the request on Thursday, said the Court of Appeals decision uh, would not become legal precedent until after a deadline for NOR's attorneys, that's the other case, to petition the Minnesota Supreme Court. So that's, you know, where we're at on that. I, I thought that was pretty interesting. Attorney Ward Mythaller, the floor is yours. If, if I remember correctly, and I didn't go back to double check it, third degree murder in Minneapolis is limited to um, reckless indifference, but to the public, not to a particular individual. The Supreme Court case in Minnesota says you cannot uh, charge someone with third-degree murder if the action is directed at a specific person. I think that there was a reckless uh, third-degree reckless. Uh, I mean, third-degree murder originally in this case it was thrown out. Now the judge is not going to let them reinstated. I always wondered how Noor was convicted of this. And uh, and here we are years later, apparently the Court of Appeals has decided, had, had the same problems and resolved it two to one against Noor. Uh, I don't see how that stands in light of the previous Supreme Court decision in Minnesota, but 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 we'll see. Thanks. And, and Ward, I got a question. I think that you were the one that would remember. Wasn't he uh, an immigrant from uh, Somalia? Noor? He was from Somalia. And there's no there's no one thing the press and I used to complain about this, the press completely ignores the fact that the psychological testing was dumbed down during the time period he was hired in order to get my, more minorities. Now, whether that had anything or not to do with uh, uh, his conduct, I have no idea. I believe it was an issue in the civil case, but I think that case was, was settled fairly promptly. My view is they settled it promptly so they would not get into this whole issue of dumbing down the psychological tests. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Ward. And, and for those people watching our show uh, that are on uh, really any format, uh, but especially our YouTube audience, they're on live with us, conversing with us you know, during the live show. Um, if you guys want to watch the videos we're talking about, obviously in a live show, we, we've got a 90 minute show here. We're on radio. Uh, we're on TV, but we do not have the time to input the live videos. So after the fact, producer Will splits this live segment in the five sections and he embeds all the videos that we're talking about. But if you guys want to see those in advance before you watch our live show on Mondays, all you got to do is go to our Facebook page, look up Leo Roundtable. I've got links to all the stories, including the videos that we talk about, and it really makes for a great experience. So on that note, Major Ron, go ahead. You know, this is a prime example of what happens. You know, how can you dumb down a, um, a mental you know, abilities test for law enforcement? You know, either someone is fit to be a police officer or a law enforcement officer, or they're not. And when you sneak people in, um, that's when you have issues like this. Um, I remember that girl in, um, in um, New Orleans who uh, went to the Chinese restaurant and she was going to rob it with her drug dealer boyfriend. And she shot and killed a police officer that was there. And he was her partner. And he was actually working off duty there for her. And uh, the hidden the freezer and she didn't realize that she killed the parents too the test many times and then finally she found a rabbi or had a daddy that got her on the job and then they find out that her true father she had murdered him years earlier and has him buried in the damn basement you know this is what happens you know when you don't take it seriously it's like oh i'll, t I'll take care of you no you can't have people that are ticky boom walking around carrying a gun and that's just the bottom line you know and uh, this does nothing um, for the um, 
how do you say, um, for the community? Because the community is like, well, damn, okay, so you have you have people that look like me, but you have crazy ass people that look like me. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, I understand you're trying to get people. You want the the department to reflect the community and make the community you know, one with the department and everything, but this does nothing to help. It does nothing but hurt. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to law enforcement. And uh, you should be ashamed of yourself if you let this happen. Period. Thanks, Major. All right, Chief. Chief John, go ahead. We've got roughly you know, uh, three minutes, Chief. The, uh, there are a couple of things with law enforcement that we can tell you are going to have very, very predictable outcomes, right? And we're dealing with those right now. One is you defund, get rid of, or do something in law enforcement, like take away police, you're gonna see crime rates soar. And we talked about all the ramifications of lousy policy decisions, like reducing bail, decriminalizing certain offenses, minimizing or defunding law enforcement, trying to bring in social workers. The average street cop will tell you straight off the bat, you're gonna see more victims and more crime. And that's what we're seeing. Consequently, you can also say the same thing about we know what it takes to be get a, a good police officer through the doors. And there has been case after case, back to the Miami River cops of the 80s, you know, to the Rampart scandal of the 90s, the Roberts Commission. You know, there are so many different commissions they've had looking at law enforcement's failures. And one of those basic tenets are that you don't limit, reduce, modify, diminish the hiring standards that you had in place to satisfy a diverse quota. It just never works out well. Usually that employee will get washed out, but more importantly, the agency is going to get embarrassed. Ron talks about the New Orleans case you, in Florida in the early 80s, you know, just the explosion of, of you know, of immigrants to South Florida. They wanted to have their law enforcement represent their community when you start doing those things and you start lowering the standards when you start minimizing law enforcement's effectiveness when it comes to combating crime the average cop who doesn't have to be a manager a chief a sergeant can tell you the consequences are one predictable two not going to be good at all and this is a prime exact case of that by lowering those standards all right, thank you, Chief. Chief, there is some background noise um, that that I can hear behind your that your mic's picking up. But um, uh, Captain Bartlett, you've got uh, one minute. Not me, pal. No one's in my house. Okay, okay. Nothing, Captain. All right, let's go on then to our next one. Then we've got the Mercury News, and uh, you know the title of this one is "Video Shows Pittsburgh Officer Non Fatally Shoot Man." who reached for pistol. Now, this was donut operator scooped us again, man. He got this out before we could get on it, but he, he had good coverage of it. Um, I've got a few minutes before we have to take our first commercial break, so I'm going to go through a little bit of it here, but obviously we're in Pittsburgh. The city has publicly released body camera footage showing an officer shooting and wounding an Oakland man who authorities say pointed a loaded handgun at the police officer. Now, uh, Cordell Lillard, 32 years old, he survived being shot in the arm by Pittsburgh police. And I will finish that in just one second. Let's take a commercial break. All right, 
right. Hey, I want to take a moment and tell you guys about our friends at Extra Duty Solutions. Inefficiencies can negatively affect your staff's production and morale, as well as your agency's reputation. With proper oversight, your agency's Extra Duty Off-Duty Employment Program it can be profitable. While you still control your program, Extra Duty Solutions administers it at no cost to your agency, and they take on all the administrative burden and the financial risk. They keep the program fair and transparent. The officers most eligible to work the assignments, they get priority, and they paid out over $50 million in Extra Duty work over the past 12 months. Visit them today at extradutysolutions.com. We'd also like you to check out Column Case Management's NIBRS compliant records management application and their applicant tracking solution. Some of the biggest clients are Chicago PD, New Orleans PD, but their typical agency is only 15 to 30 investigators. Now their data is easy to enter in the manage. You can quickly drag and drop any size attachment, including video, into a case from your desktop, your laptop, or even a smartphone. They also have a 24-hour help desk. For a limited time, you can mention Leo Roundtable and get a free two-year subscription. Visit columncase.com or schedule a free demo by emailing info at columncase.com. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Show. So Cordell Lillard, he's 32 years old. He's the guy that was shot in the arm by the Pittsburgh police officer, uh, Richard Beltram. Now, Beltram is in his second year as a police officer. Lillard, who's our bad guy, uh, was charged with assault and gun possession, both of which are felonies. Now, the January 30th shooting occurred at a shopping center in Pittsburgh, and police have been called to reports of an armed man on the roof of a business. Now, Lillard uh, also called police that day to report a kidnapping, and he said that he was being framed. They've got the 911 call there, and it's pretty you know, out there. So when authorities arrived, Lillard, he was on the ground, uh, not up on the roof anymore. The video shows multiple officers yelling at him to go prone, and he sits uh, next to a metallic pickup truck. Now, Beltram, uh, our police officer, arrives in his car. He exits. He runs towards the pickup truck as officers, other officers, continue to scream at the bad guy to get on the ground. So the video shows our shooter, Beltram, um, gun in hand, run towards the truck. Lillard, the bad guy, appears from around the corner of the truck, and he raises his hands. They even do like a freeze frame where you can see him actually pointing the gun at Beltram, and Beltram fires. Now, authorities said in a news release that Lillard appeared to be surrendering. I can't believe they said this. He appeared to be surrendering, surrendering, but made a motion towards the officer. Yeah, he appeared to be surrendering by pointing his gun at the police officer, I guess. Um, Lillard remains in county jail in lieu of a $1 million bail. Uh, the shot to Lillard's arm caused him to drop the weapon after being shot. The bad guy, of course, screams, um, says he's being framed. Another officer on the other side of the truck continues to yell at him to get down. Ward, you probably wouldn't like the profanity, but tells him to get down. He's promising to give him help. If you do what the blank I say, and he tells Lillard that he will shoot if he, re if he reaches for the gun. As officers rush the handcuff, Lillard, he screams again, uh, you're framing me and that uh, the police are stealing from him, and then you can see a pistol just a few feet away from him. So that's kind of the way uh, this thing goes down. Any comments on that on that video? Um, praises or um, criticisms, Chief Newman? First of all, I, you know, I watched the first video, and it only showed the officer that was involved in the shooting. When you see the second video, I thought at first I'm like, didn't he not see the gun? Then you realize it was on the tire well. I thought both officers did a good job. The one that actually shot he edged very well. They both edged very well. You can hear the officer say, careful of crossfire situations. He's behind a metal dumpster. Yeah, he was dropping some F-bombs. i tell you what, I'd give you a quarter for every one of them. But you got to be a special kind of stupid to be the lady standing in the background 
why this guy, why three officers, one with an assault rifle, has this guy laid out. He's already been shot. He's got mental health issues, no doubt. He's on the roof. He's calling 911. I'm being kidnapped. He's saying all kinds of crazy things. I think him and the chick in the pink bikini, that's on the video we'll see later, ought to get together for a double date. That would be a Quinella shit show. I'm sorry. I apologize. What is it, 7-something? <laughs> uh, seven sixteen. But I thought the officers did a great job because you know something? That one officer just got a quick glimpse of him and shot at him. And I'm telling you, you look at the video, that guy was dialed in. He got a good shot off at him. And then they couldn't gave him good and verbal commands. So I thought both officers did a great job. But here's the, here's the situation. We should start counting how many officer-involved shootings we're covering every week that involve people with mental health. And then we'll send them all to the counselors that every city is going to hire. Wow. Good point. Thanks, Chief. Nice. All right. Corporal David. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that idea. Um, <laughs> you know, John really covered pretty much all of it pretty, pretty uh, cleanly. I, you know, and Brett may, may speak to this too, but you know, those, those, um, those shooting drills you, that we, that I've done in the past where the target kind of wobbles out from behind the, the barricade and it goes back behind it. You've got to time those shots. Um, it makes you focus. And that's what this, the shooting reminded me of that guy's peeked out with that gun and the, and the cop did not hesitate uh, and put, put the round on as much of a target as he had, which was very good. And to reiterate what John said, as they're pinning this guy down where he was, you had officers approaching from, from two different directions and, and not opposite themselves, but, on that L, it, it was it was overall very nicely done, and 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 I'll, I'll give Ward the the F bombs. Even after the even after the, a couple of them, I was kind of going, "Geez, dude, <laughs> ease up." Hopefully, he was yelling those F bombs at the woman that was standing in the background. But beyond that, you you can't fix stupid. So that's 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 that that one. Another one that's more inclined to video than than get out of the way. What can I, you say? Yeah. I, I, and I thought the uh, the commands were clear and concise. No doubt what the cop wanted the bad guy to do. Um, uh, Brett, Captain Bartlett, you got two minutes and 15 seconds. Well, you know, Chippy, we got time to train firearms and verbal commands. That's that's great. But given the choice of one or the other, let's go with the firearms training. So maybe this guy didn't have the verbal skills down, but he sure as heck had the shooting skills. And this is some, this is some good shooting right there. This reminded me of that young lady from Los Angeles, we talked about just a couple of weeks ago uh, that, that, you know, the one that got in trouble. So hopefully this guy won't get in trouble. But I think it was a good shoot, um, a good tactics, good shoot. And, uh, and, I, and I agree with John that, that, you know, as an experiment, some agency needs to have a first responder social worker. You know, this is the same guy that would volunteer to go to Mars without the return trip, okay? Because he knows he's not coming back. You need to find that guy. Here's a cruiser. Uh, no lights, no cuffs, no gun. Go out there, make us proud, plant the flag, and your family will be taken care of. We know you're not coming back, but get on out there. See the guy with a knife? Talk him down. Get close. Get close so you can touch him and hug him, but you're not coming back. Well, Captain Bartlett, where do you get these analogies, these word pictures that you use? Where do you get this stuff at? It's mostly chemical-related, Chip, I've got to tell you. <laughs> Well, I'm sorry. I had to ask. All right. You know, you know, I have a condition, so it's all probably part of that condition. Yeah. Well, I just, I'm just, it amazes me. I, I am thoroughly impressed. All right. Um, 
Let's move on then. Excellent, excellent content. I've got uh, about a minute here. I'm going to whet the appetite for the uh, next main story. We are still on policeone.com. Activist claims police officers stifled free speech by playing copyrighted music. I just, I think this is, I think this is brilliant, David. I, I just, when I read this, I just thought, oh my gosh, how do they freaking figure that, figure this out? Um, and, and there's two articles, and in the second article, which really addresses the first, I, you know, I think the, I think the author was quite impressed with the officer um, that came out with this too. Um, we're in Beverly, Beverly Hills, California, so a Beverly Hills police officer is accused of playing copyrighted music while being filmed by a member of the public in order to trigger content filters that will take the video offline. Yes, more information about that in just a second. Let's take another commercial break. Now, no matter how much you know about guns and ammunition, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. GunLearn.com, they've taken the confusion out of learning, and they've made it easy. GunLearn.com, it's the first and it's the only company to offer a step-by-step program that takes you from your present knowledge level to become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist. They provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point taught to ensure accuracy, and their training is approved by major forensic organizations, law enforcement agencies, and firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything Leo's need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. You can start today with online training or register to attend a live seminar. Get free training for yourself and the personnel at your agency by hosting a seminar at no cost. Come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledgeable people in the world by joining the folks at gunlearn.com. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Show. So back to our story. According to CBS Los Angeles, activists have reported a number of instances where Beverly Hills police officers put music on when interacting with the public. Now, Senate uh, Devermont, who posts videos of his run-ins with the city police officers, he said it was a tactic to stifle free speech and for the police to avoid accountability. So during a recent interaction with Beverly Hills Police Sergeant Billy Fair, and they've got this on video, the officer takes out his own cell phone. He starts playing music, sublimes uh, Santeria, while uh, Devermont was streaming to Instagram. So Devermont, who's our streamer, he's over 300,000 followers on Instagram. He said that there was no valid reason for the officers to do this. And here's a quote saying, to me, it's not anti-cop, it's anti-bad cop. So the Beverly Hills Police Department told CBS Los Angeles that it is investigating the incident. So then we've got Gordon Graham. So he's writing an article for Police One, and it's called Analysis, Playing Music Not Advised While Being Recorded. So he says that someone had the ingenious idea of playing recorded songs during an audit to help prevent the broad distribution of the contact because the music is copyrighted and thus social media platforms who do not carry copyrighted you know, material, they're not going to play it. And he says he loves people who think differently and he respects them for their brilliant thought process. Now, the First Amendment audit issue, um, it's uh, here's this person who wants to set up a cop for national embarrassment uh, by recording their behavior 
and posting it for widespread distribution. So the thinking of the smart cops who decided to play the music to prevent the distribution of video recordings of them is indeed clever and ingenious, but the optics, according to him, are troublesome. And not considering the legality of this, he says the tactic does not pass the smell test. And he thinks that they would be better served by understanding that there's a lot of people who don't like cops and what cops do, and they want to embarrass law enforcement personnel. He says that we have to understand that just about everything we do is ultimately going to become public. We have to focus on the solid professional law enforcement officers that we are, ensuring that everything is done right. That would not be one of the things. And when confronted by an aggressive anti-cop person, we have to strive Get this, David. We have to strive to maintain our cool, not say or do anything that would be embarrassing if it was recorded and shared nationally. So that's what we have. I have a lot of open mics. Uh, Attorney Ward, uh, we've got eight and a half minutes. Would you mind starting us off? When I first saw this, I thought it was very clever and it made me laugh. But then when I thought about it, when I thought about it, I thought, you know, these cops are paid by the public to protect the public, not to cover up what they do. So ultimately, I decided this is extremely arrogant, and um, the chief ought to take action to present it to prevent it from happening again. As far yeah, as the First Amendment yeah. case is concerned, that's silly. But Ward, that you have to agree—that's thinking outside the box. I mean, I'm impressed yeah. they even came up with that. Well, I seriously doubt that this officer thought of that himself. This is some sort of orchestrated effort. I mean, that's clear to me. So, what are you uh, saying? We're dumb, Ward? Is that what you're saying? We're cops are dumb? Is that we couldn't think of this ourselves? Well, I, I, I've been willing to bet a lot of money. This officer did not think of that himself. I mean, I certainly wow. know that, and I know something about copyright wow. law. Wow. Mm. Wow. No, he didn't. Oh, no, he didn't. He did. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. <laughs> I tell you what, Ron. I tell you what. I'll put, I'll put, on, I'll put on some music that I pay for. I'm Apple Tunes, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. So let me get it straight. They want to ambush on that. Am the modus deal, it's they want that ambush moment where the cop gets caught, but we're not allowed to stream music that we paid for, like on our device. Oh, I could think of a number of songs I'd be blasting. Just thanks. Yeah. <laughs> After polices. <laughs> hey, you know, it was funny when I saw that. I, I too, I was like, wow, that's brilliant. Who, who would have thought of that? <clears throat> and I remember when I um. I worked at, I was running the outside of the, uh, of the, of the, uh, arena here. And, um, that lady, you know, the lady that walk around with those huge poster boards of the aborted babies and stuff, you know, and she would be outside of Catholic schools and she, and she, every oh, time we have like, I, a, yeah, every time we have an, a religious event there, she would show up and I'm like, these right. are the religious people. You didn't show up last week when we had, you know, the rock fest and these girls walking around with their hanging out. And uh, so you and show she up shows up with a, she shows up with a uh, a camera. She shows right. up with a camera, and she's singing, and she and she's telling the ladies that uh, your daughter's already a look at her. She's wearing shorts. The the shorts are down to the girl's knees. What are you talking about, lady? So you know, I had a conversation with her, and she's like, "You better watch how you uh, try to uh, uh, handle me because you will be in federal court." And I said, uh, "Ma'am, I'm bathed in the I'm bathed in the blood of Jesus. Uh, he, he's gonna protect me." So I started saying, "Jesus loves me." Yes, I know. So the whole crowd, the whole line, which is backed all the way down the street and around the corner, are singing, "Jesus loves me." Yes, I know. And every time she starts talking, we sing another song and everything. Do you know she wouldn't complained on me? And then they wanted me to explain why I sing "Jesus loves me." I said, "Cause I think Jesus loves me." You know, I can't sing "Jesus loves me." This hag's walking around with some nasty ass pictures of aborted babies. 
calling people, you know, and you call me in for it. Really? No, no, no. We just wanted to hear the, what was going on. Okay. You know, you know, cause I, don't make me call Rick Escobar, but uh, it was a mess, but uh, that's what it reminded me of. And I just thought that was hilarious, but who, who that, that's brilliant. That's a brilliant mind ward. You got to give him credit. You know, you got to give him credit ward. <laughs> wow. Well, all right, we got some open mics still. Uh, Chief John, Captain Brett, and don't bring in. I know that some guys on the show dated a girl named Cheryl Davis. Please don't bring her any of this, but uh, but go ahead. I know what you're saying, like you want the professional, but if you're sitting there, because I, I have seen some really trite complaints where an officer goes into a, you know get a cup of coffee. Oh look, they're not doing anything, right? Or two cars or car car to car dropping off paper. Oh, there's my tax dollars at, at work. Or they just want to. Some folks just want to walk up and get that gotcha moment. Now look, if they're doing something illegal, look, I, I don't think music's gonna protect them, you know what I mean? You know, if you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing, but you know, you have to, what? They're annoyed because law enforcement has a smarter, more conniving idea than them to get caught in the ambush moment to play a song that's copyrighted so they don't have to do it. I I, I, I don't find anything wrong with them. And, and I'll be honest with you, I bet you, I bet you, you know, you'll see more and more of this. <laughs> I tell you what, I, I learned a lot reading that article. But I, I, it's not something, they're not, they weren't taking video of some guy doing something wrong. They're just taking video to get that gotcha moment with the average day cop that goes in to get a cup of coffee, use the head somewhere, and he's not, he's not at protecting the public. I, I doubt very much if they're doing something so serious where they're going to their device and they're turning on music. It's just people wanting to be pains in the butt by showing you, taking their devices and making cameras out of it. And I think the cops outsmarted them. Yeah, the cops outsmarted them, Ward. It wasn't some, you know, it wasn't some attorney. Nobody, no attorney taught Major Ron how to sing religious songs either. We have brains, not just made out of donuts either. Wow. I love it. Hey, I love it. You know, David. It, it's, the, it's the same, it's the same cop brain that came up with the uh, with the genealogy track, you know, putting putting genetic material out there into a uh, into a into one of those databases and coming back with leads to track down a, a serial killer. It's that same type of cop brain that does that sort of stuff that came up with this. It's absolutely it's hysterical. I think it's fantastic. I think they need to make a challenge coin. Thank you very much. <laughs> the same cop brain. It's all there. It, the, the 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 guys on the street that do this sort of, sort of stuff, their minds work this way. It's, it's constantly in motion, and it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And, and I agree with John. I don't think that him playing music is going to save him if he was doing something that was going to get him into grease with his brass. Well, I, I, if you, and I know that we've got Ward and Brett coming and we've got just under um, two minutes, but I know if you, if we keep reading the article, it says that in this particular case, I believe it was Instagram, they actually uh, played the altercation. It's still up uh, because they take into account how long the music plays and other factors. So it didn't really prevent them from posting it, but uh, uh, go ahead, Captain. And then I, I know Ward muted his mic, but if you want to jump in, you got a minute and a half. Well, what's amazing to me is that. The staff at the police department come up with a year, take a year coming up with a policy, and it's finely tuned, and there's just no way around it. You know, they've tested it, and they bring it to roll call. Here's a new policy, and some cop in the back will raise his hand and go, oh, I could beat that. It's just that fast. <laughs> I could beat that. You know, you two guys in the back, chit chat. Hey, what are you guys talking about? Oh, we can get right around that. We, yeah, we just beat that policy. Oh, here, back to the, back to the drawing board. 
Thanks, Kevin. Hey, Chip, on the, other side, on the other side of the break, Chip, on the other side of the break, everyone's got to give their song that they would play if somebody got the jump on them with an ambush camera. Uh, gee, actually, actually, that's a uh, that's pretty good, actually. You know, a copyrighted song that they would have to use. I don't know. Uh, we've got roughly 30 seconds. Is there anybody else before I move on to the next topic? All right, let me wet the appetites here on uh, on where we're at. Let's see. We've got police1.com. Grand jury declines to indict uh, New York police officers seen pushing an elderly protester. So the um, officers were charged with felony second degree um, assault, actually, after the video of the incident went viral. So we're going to get into this and talk more about it. We're going to take a commercial break. We'll be right back. Hey, the Viridian Fact Duty weapon-mounted camera has become the only gun camera in wide use by law enforcement across the nation. It fits standard police duty weapons and holsters, and it records automatically when the officer's gun is pulled from the holster, provides an unobstructed view of critical use of force events from the end of the firearm, overcoming inherent issues with body cameras. Now, the Fact Duty, that's the FACT Duty, has a 1080p full high-definition digital camera, microphone, 500 lumen tactical light. It's less expensive than data management costs and other evidentiary camera systems. So you can get more information on the fact duty at gun-camera.com. And also we'll want to talk to you about industry leader and technology solutions for law enforcement is Guardian Alliance Technologies. Their software, it cuts background investigators time in half. We all know that there's a call for more accountability in hiring and selecting who gets to wear the badge. Guardian has developed the CGIS compliant background investigative software platform. It helps weed out problematic applicants in record time. With Guardian, the entire background check process is more comprehensive and much faster for both the agency and the applicants. No from fees, long-term commitment, Commitments. I strongly recommend that you visit them today at GuardianAllianceTechnologies.com. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Show. We're still in Police One and still talking about the grand jury declining to indict NY. New York officers that were pushing an elderly protester. We covered this on the show. There was a video attached to it. So eight months after two Buffalo police officers were suspended and charged with felonies for pushing a 75-year-old protester, and his name is Martin, uh, I guess, Dugino. Uh, he was getting pushed to the ground, hit his head, blood's coming out of his ear. It was captured by WBFO. Uh, a reporter with them, and the video goes viral on Twitter. Now, the video uh, drew millions of viewers overnight. There was a swift condemnation of the Buffalo Police Department from around the world. A grand jury voted not to indict the two Buffalo police officers that were involved. And uh, this is all from Erie County District Attorney uh, John Flynn Jr., and he said this on Thursday. So officers Aaron Tur I guess it's uh, Torgowski. Uh, he's seen in the video actually the guy that pushes our bad guy or our elderly guy who was not obeying police commands. And then Robert McCabe, uh, he's seen going down to kneel to help the guy, but a supervisor pushes him on his way. They were both suspended without pay that night. Now, the incident occurred as the Buffalo Police Department's emergency response team. It's their riot team. They, joined, they were joined by the state police they were clearing protesters in front of City Hall after an 8 p.m. curfew that had been imposed because of nightly protests against police violence in the wake of the George Floyd death in Minneapolis. Now, two days after the incident, officers were charged with felony second-degree assault. So our 
I'm going to call him our bad guy because he was um, protesting. He was not obeying police commands, and they had enacted a curfew that he was violating. Now, there's an attorney, Thomas Burton. He represents uh, McCabe, uh, you know, the second officer. The uh, two officers um, had been suspended since the incident, but they've been back on payroll since 30 days after the incident. And now that the criminal investigation is over with, they're not being, you know, indicted. Now it's time for the internal affairs, as John Newman and Captain Bartlett know. So a day after the incident, but before the officers were charged, all 57 members of the Buffalo Police Riot Squad, they quit the unit after the police union said that they could no longer provide legal counsel for them. So imagine that the entire unit dissolved by themselves. They resigned from the unit, but not from the police department. So I, I think that... That is a, a tall tale sign of a, of a message. Uh, Attorney Ward, you want to go and then uh, the chief and the captain? Yeah, I scratched my head at this because a grand jury will almost always do what the prosecutor wants. So I, I can think of three uh, scenarios here. The grand jury rebelled, which I doubt. The prosecutor punted. He didn't want to pursue this case. And he uh, encouraged the grand jury to return a no bill. I would strongly suspect this if New York does not require an indictment by grand jury. It's not constitutionally required. I don't know what the law is in New York. Um, he denies that. The other possibility is, and I saw this once happen when I was a prosecutor, the prosecutor was and let the grand jury make a fair and honest decision, and they decided not to go ahead with it. Thank you, Ward. All right, chief and captain, go ahead, guys. You know, we talked about this video for a couple of things. You know, we, we've been saying this. There's an underlying theme that we've all been saying moving into all these court cases or these hearings um, that we experienced over the summer. And this was one of those. This was early on, Chip. Big, big protests around City Hall. And I think if I recall the conversation is whether or not you can prove intent that, you know, that, that or was it just a, a reaction by law enforcement to a protester. I never thought they had the probable cause to prove intent. It happened fast. The guy falls back. It wasn't really anything over the top in terms of use of force. But I remind folks, you're, I think you're going to see a lot of this. Or, you know, oh, you, Dave said it last week or the week before. Videos in force or use of force, are, it's never looks good, ever, right? But I just don't know if they had the, you can prove intent in the, when you're watching this video, I just don't think there was much that they were showing us or giving us. And I think the grand jury, you know, they, they settled on that. The officers didn't, you know, didn't um, weren't intentionally trying to batter this guy. So I'm not surprised by it because when we talked about it a few months ago, I didn't think we had it either. Thanks, Captain. I mean, uh, <laughs> I demoted you. I'm sorry. All right, Captain Bartlett, the floor is yours. I think this was the most egregious example uh, of overreach of prosecution in the absence of any of any of any facts this is very simple i have a line of of, of officers uh we've declared you non uh you cannot be there we are coming your way if you stand in our way we will deal with you because if if people are allowed to stand where where the police are pushing them away if people are allowed to be in there what's the use of having that line what's the use of having that order the guy got pushed. He fell down. He cracked his head. That's unfortunate. Write the man a check. Send him away. But to prosecute them, that was that was just evil. And I think that the that, that agency, those cops who quit that team, uh, they 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 saw it. It was so obvious. They were there. They saw what happened. But this is very. This is a simple message to all you people out there who would stand 
while the riot police are coming your way, you're going to get thumped. <laughs> Thanks, Captain. All right, Corporal David. Yeah, I, I, you know, John touched on it, and, and so did Ward, uh, that I think that the the people in the grand jury looked at looked at the totality of the circumstances. The, this, unfortunately, elderly man was a professional agitator. They showed it. That's what he was there to do. He was there to get in their face, not violently because he really couldn't, but to, to walk up and, and get in the way just to cause something to happen. So, like John said, these things are starting to go to court. People are starting to hear the whole truth, all the information, not just what's on a video. And they're starting to come to these conclusions that, well, yeah, it was most, it was, it was as much your fault as anybody else's. So, get to stepping. I just hope that the internal affairs side of it goes quicker and a lot more cleanly, and they they see it for what it actually is, and and, and just put it to bed and be done with it. All right. Thank you, Corporal. Is there anybody else? All right, guys, we're going to cover a video. I've only got three minutes, and uh, I'm going to try to get this done real quick here. Uh, WTOP.com, deputy shoots, kills man acting erratically in Gaithersburg. So um, 8 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday, Montgomery County Police said 52-year-old Kevin Coslo driving a VW erratically. He causes just a bunch of accidents. And he's people are swerving to avoid hitting him, and he, he causes some people to hit things, and then he hits some other people, but he's, he's acting erratically. So then he gets out, and he's got a huge stick, a uh, wooden stick, um, after he gets out, and then police respond. So Montgomery County Sheriff's deputy who was driving in the area, first guy to arrive and engages Coslo. Sheriff said a deputy nearby tried to use his taser to de-escalate. I don't remember seeing that in the video before firing shots, killing Coslo. But they kind of leave out uh, some of the best information from the video that I think that is, is worthy of talking about. They say the sheriff deputy was treated for injuries. I don't know what those could have been, as two people involved in crashes were also. But the deputy kept backing away from this approaching armed suspect with this huge stick in his hand. And the guy filming saying, shoot him, shoot him. And the deputy doesn't engage. Finally, when the deputy is backing up, he finally unloads 12 rounds, probably empties the gun in the bad guy who falls on his back and, he, and he's still alive at that point. So I've uh, got about a minute and a half comments in that video, guys. I'm kind of curious what you guys think. Well, I think that, uh, the injuries are from he did get hit with the stick. He threw his arm up a couple of times. I think the stick did hit him, you know, but I, I, for the life of me, I can't understand. I mean, how far are we going to go all the way back to Georgia? What are you doing? I mean, there has to be a line that you have to have in your mind and you have to know that at this point um, he's going to get two to the chest and one of the cranium. And um, this guy was clearly a knuckle. He probably a ticky boom. Something was wrong with him. Clearly he had, he had issues, but um, you know, we're not a psychiatrist. That's not what you're called there for. So, but I mean, you know, and, and then it's sad to hear the guy like, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Oh, damn. But, you know, the, the peanut gallery was was a mess, you know, just a mess. All right. Thank you, Major. All right, David, you got exactly one minute. We're going to take it to the uh, full ride, the full minute. So go ahead. Wow. Um, jam packed video with stuff like they like Ron said that the cop got hit with the stick at least once that you could see on the video. Um, another classic example of of. Bullets aren't bullets aren't even magic. He 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 put I don't know how many into this guy from fairly close range, and the guy was still coming until finally, uh, the the pump lost enough pressure to where the body wouldn't work anymore, and he went down. 
Um, I've just, I've, I mean, I've just recently done, been looking at some research having to do with ballistics and, and wound mortalities and, and stuff like that having to do with, with calibers. And it's, it's fascinating stuff. But the idiot in the car was just classic. Um, you know, shoot him, shoot him, shoot him, shoot him, shoot him. And then all, then all of a sudden when the reality is laying next to his car, it's like, oh, dang. All right. Well, look, thank you. And I'm sorry, Captain, we didn't have enough time. We'll be right back after this commercial break. But guys, uh, that concludes our one-hour version of the show. But hey, we've got another hour, and I'm talking about radio time. So we do a 90-minute show, and we've got some radio stations that carry the one-minute version. So that's 45 minutes of the show and about 15 minutes of content for the radio station. So uh, we've got a whole nother 45 minutes of, uh, of the show that's coming at you in about 15 seconds. So we appreciate our sponsors, uh, both uh, radio and video that carry us. And of course, we're mainly video is on YouTube and on Rumble. And Bill Valram, uh, he just said that, um, that um, what is the, the equivalent for Twitter? The um, parlor, parlor's back online. That's good news to have. So 